gentlemen, welcome to College Football Weekly. Uh, today is Monday, December 7th. I'm your host, Will Chambers. With me, as always, Tyler Walgy. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. Producer Smitty in the house. Oh, hey there, fellers. What's going on, dudes? How we doing? I'm good. Yeah? Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a good week. Ready for another big week in college football. Yeah, for sure. I uh, My dreams went out the window when BYU lost. Oh, really? Yes. Did you uh, did you pick them or you because No, uh, I just I felt like I felt pretty good about it because when the season started, I was remember I was high on Oklahoma State. Yes. But I was also pretty high on BYU. Yeah. I had them in a couple Rightfully early so. games they and, good. and it would have been nice at the end of the year to say, "Hey, I was on them from week 1." Right. But yeah. Did you end up betting them because we record no. so we record these podcasts on Monday and, you know, at this time last week it was still supposed to be Coastal Carolina versus uh, Liberty, then Liberty has to bow out because of COVID stuff. And by Tuesday, BYU agrees to the game short notice. You got to give them credit for that because we all made fun of them for not playing the game against Washington. Washington. (laughs) So you give them credit and then they go to Coastal Carolina, now the game day game. And man, like, I don't, I mean, yeah, I do think BYU didn't play great. But to me, it was way more about Coastal Carolina, like like showing up. Oh, for sure, definitely, yeah. definitely. But BYU, I was on him early. I picked Zach Wilson as my Heisman, my midseason Heisman. Yep. So you know, a lot of my uh, my premonitions went out the window with that. Tyler, uh, yeah, he's feeling bad. Yes. Maybe soaking up some losses Thank there. Thank you. Hello, folks. Hello. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I loved that game. I loved Coastal Carolina. The Chanticleers looked awesome, and uh, I know they're not going to make the playoff. They got no chance. You know, and that's obvious, but I hope they get a really good New Year's Six bowl game. Like, I could see them getting matched up against Cincinnati because I don't think Cincinnati's got a chance either. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I think that would be a great matchup. That chance, like, I, I expected that game. So that that line closed, I think, BYU minus 10 or 9.5 or something like that. Okay. Um, I expected BYU to push them off the ball like they had to everyone all year. <laughs> I can't, I mean, they were double-digit favorites. Dude, Coastal Carolina that's, was that's, tough, man. Yeah, and I don't know. It's weird. I can't figure out whether Coastal Carolina is that much better or BYU is that much worse than we thought. It was a short... It's one of the two things. You know, short-notice travel, but it was short-notice for Coastal too. so I don't know. It's like a coaching advantage, but I love the... You know, I, I think Jamie Chadwell's done a great job. I love the... The teal turf. They had fans in the stadium. Yeah, they, pretty cool. they marketed it as the mullets versus the Mormons, which was funny because a bunch of Coastal Carolina fans showed up to the game wearing mullet wigs. <laughs> um, I just love it. I love everything about it. I hope Coastal kind of keeps this going. I'm guessing Jamie Chadwell is going to have plenty of job offers, and we'll see if he stays or goes. All I hope, all I know is that I don't want this to be like a flash in the pan. I want Coastal to be around forever because like now they've just turned me into a Chanticleers fan. I don't know if I'd go that far, but oh, I'm all I'm all in, baby. The Roosters, the Chanticleers, they're proud it's Roosters. Been, it's, it's been a cool season. That's what's fun sometimes about college football is you do get these teams, and they may be a flash in the pan, but uh, they may be not. And hopefully, the Chanticleers aren't going anywhere. But something tells me we are one or two years away from a two and ten season for a coastal, <laughs> yes, and the Sun Belt. Yeah, well, they do have the Sun Belt championship game coming up soon. You actually want to know something? Uh, yes. By the way. This is different than last week, too, because last week I, w- I had a couple of brews, a couple of brewskis during the show. Hey, we were celebrating <laughs> we were. Smitty's birthday. We were celebrating Ryan's birthday. Right. Yes, it was completely called for. But actually, I, I, I rebounded, and I did a nice week of prep this week. Okay. So I, right. I'm coming back stronger than ever this week with some picks. I've got a couple haikus. Oh, show today. haikus. Some yes. poetry. Okay. Well, yeah. speaking of which, you are coming in hot because you got the bet board victory. 
We I had did. bet board Tennessee, Tennessee, Tennessee. Florida got backdoored. They're the backdoor sluts nine for this week. Um, <laughs> Tennessee, Tennessee, like that game went exactly how I expected it in my cap, and then they literally scored twenty seven seconds left. They were down like twenty, and that covers. There was a seventeen point spread. It was a complete garbage time touchdown. I get that's part of it, but uh, that one pissed me off, Tyler. <laughs> yeah. And let the record show that Tyler sent me multiple texts bragging about his victory. <laughs> I did. Uh, I, blew, I blew up his text messages. Just joking, of course. Tyler, always classy in victory. Uh, he's been there before, so he knows how to act. And uh, yeah, you got the win. You're up 7-6 now. We're up, but uh, we got a lot of games coming up here. Last few seasons, we got bowl, bowl season, co- or last few weeks. And we've got uh, bowl season coming up, so yeah, for sure, a lot of games to go. Um, uh, I just looked up. You know, yeah. we we both just used the term "flash in the pan." Yeah, you know where that that term came from? Um, is it from gold mining? So here, flintlock muskets used to have oh. small pans to hold charges of gunpowder. Interesting. An attempt to fire the musket in which the gunpowder flared up without the bullet being fired was a. Flash, flash in, the, in pan. the pan. That seems a really safe idea for when medical treatments were not very well <laughs> far <laughs> yeah, along. Right. Muskets, yeah, was man. Back uh, in the 17th century. So Interesting. Okay. I didn't know that. That's well, good. I definitely would have thought it was gold mining. Like you show. see the flash in the pan, but then the gold dries up. But you're, you know what? That makes more sense. That's a good, that's a good guess, though. Yeah. Um, well, we did have some, some really good games. Uh, you know, like it sucks because I wish it was a little more competitive, but I feel like... We have the best four teams, and we know what the best four teams are in college football. It's Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, and I just think those should be the playoff teams. I, I, what I don't want to see is I don't want to see uh, I don't want to see Notre Dame beat Clemson again. I mean, I guess whatever. If Notre, Notre Dame beats Clemson again, maybe they're not Clemson's not one of the top four teams. But I want to see Clemson beat Notre Dame and Notre Dame make it in the playoff. Ohio State, you know, I, I feel like they even though they've only played a few games, they haven't played as many. Like to me, those are the best four teams. And those are the ones I want to see in the playoff yeah, this th- year. Th- there's a clear drop-off after four. I mean, even right now in the rankings, A&M, right. Florida. And, like, they're good, but they're just not. Like, if A&M sneaks into the playoff, which they might, and they play a one-seed Alabama, we already saw how that's gonna go, how that went, and it's going to be more of the same, right? Probably. No one's going to be picking say, A&M in that game. But if Notre Dame beats Clemson again... Right, Clemson can't get in, can they? No, I don't think. No, I don't think so. At that point, I do think A and M or maybe you know, well, Florida won't because we're operating under the assumption Alabama beats Florida in the right, SEC championship right. game. You know, maybe Cincinnati sneaks in, but I don't think they will be able to either. Where Where is Cincinnati right now? I think they're the, seven or eight. See, I mean, I'll pull up the CFP rankings. By the way, we're recording on Monday, so rankings don't officially come right. out until tomorrow. But I don't think any of the top like, six or seven would have changed because no one lost. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're right. But they're, right now, they're seven. Yeah. Um, That's kind of far because if you look at their schedule, too, they're going to play Tulsa, which is a big game this week. Tulsa's ranked. But then if they beat Tulsa or if they lose, that's going to be the championship game for the ACC. It's just going to be another rematch, which – Playing the same team twice and beating them twice, I don't think helps Cincinnati at all. So no, it doesn't help Cincy. And Florida's going to lose to Bama probably. A and M. Well, I'm not going to. A and M's probably going to go undefeated. I don't know. I don't want to give away any picks for this uh, weekend, but I'm not so sure about that. Will so if they both teams, Ole Miss. if both teams do end up losing, Cincinnati goes undefeated. Clemson has two losses. We could be looking at the the Bearcats in the Final Four. I'd love to see it. I just don't think it'll happen. You know, I it sucks that the AAC gets the Group of Five treatment when I feel like they should kind of be. I think it should be the Power Six. Is a Bearcat a real animal? 
It is a it is a real animal. It's, okay. Yeah, so it's like it's the it top is. half is a cat, and the bottom. <laughs> yeah, it's like a half and half thing. If you're in the uh, the, the Middle Earth, Greek mythology. Um, no, but yeah, it, I'm pretty sure it's like a wolverine. Oh, right, okay. but aren't they wolverines are different from bear cats though? Right, like, but they're all kind yeah, of in the yeah, same yeah, classification. They're, they're, they're pretty much in the same. Um, the badger family, the same species, <laughs> the, well, the same subspecies. May, I, I'm not really sure how that yeah. works. But I mean, you're a resident uh, scientist. Yeah, I want you to know the know exact classification it's, on it, this. It's close. Um, I mean, you'd have to look it up. Right, bear cat. It sounds wow. scary. A bear cat, right? Yeah, like a, like a cat bear doesn't dude, sound nearly as big bad. Big cats are. Did you guys see? <laughs> did you guys ever watch the uh, Tiger uh, King? Tiger King. Yeah, yeah. Did, I never oh, watched yeah. it. I didn't it watch good. it. It was entertaining. Maybe I'll do an outdated movie review coming up on it. That's but, not about. I mean, it's a long. You'd have to watch like ten hours. It's quite a thing. Is it that long? It's a documentary series. I think there's like eight episodes or something. Do you guys like think that? Because I know the gist. Do you guys think that Carol Baskin? Was up in some mischievous. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. She fed her husband to the tiger. Did you hear about the chick who had her arm eaten off this weekend at the Carol Baskin Tiger Sanctuary? Yeah. No she, way, I didn't. Yeah, some chick who'd been volunteering. <laughs> I mean, there. that sucks for that girl. Some but. woman, yeah, who'd been volunteering there for something like 15, 20 years, so she knew the layout. She reached into the cage during feeding time to unlock it from the inside, and the tiger mauled her arm when she reached her hand into the cage. So basically, what you're saying arm. is Carol. Ba- I mean, you haven't seen it, but Carol Baskin's becoming Joe Exotic. Okay. Yeah, it, well, and with one of those things, when you work for those, like, with these animals for so long, and, and I don't have any experience with, like, say, big cats or tigers or anything like that, but in any job, you get to a certain comfortability level with yeah. the machinery or whatever you're working with. Sometimes, you know... This cat's my friend. Exactly. Well, not even that, but you're not even thinking to yourself that, oh, we just gave them food and I'm sticking my hand through right, the fence. Right. And she kind of knew. not a smart idea. She knew it was her fault. She was saying on the way to the hospital, like, don't hurt him. You know, like, it was my fault. Things like that. Well, there but. was, dude. So, I mean, this is a spoiler for it, but something very similar happens in the documentary oh, if you no. go and rewatch it. Okay. Well, but yeah. But it happens at Joe Exotic's thing. Oh, so, God. Um, but yeah. anyway, cats, man. Big cats can be scary. We all think of cats like these little animals around the house which i don't even think cats should be domesticated but that's a whole different conversation <laughs> but dude big cats are terrifying yeah let's not mess around with Whew. any so bear cats yeah, exactly. cat bears, bear cats. tigers <laughs> unless you're alabama you're an elephant right alabama played the tigers they played lsu and this game was over they covered the spread at halftime it was 45 to 14 at halftime yeah. they only gave up three more points in the second half 55 to 17 mac jones went nuts Devonte smith man holy shit 231 yards on eight receptions. Yeah, huge. Three I mean, touchdowns. So much production. And once again, the factory for wide receivers doing it it's again. Insane. I mean, they're just cranking these guys out. Yeah. By the way, I have another... Uh, uh, for those new to the show, I have a lot of different specialties on this show, right? Yeah, and one of true. The, one of the things I do is I come up with really good business names. Alliterative business oh, names. Exactly. And hey, we don't... We're, there's no legal you know, restrictions here. These are up in the air. These are for these people to use. I hope that... You're uh, charitable with exa- these. Exactly. So I have one for Mac Jones. Okay. Mac, Mac Jones. Mac Jones Mac and Cheese. Mac and Cheese. Yep. And it's, That's not bad. But, but it's not a product you sell in the grocery store. It's a standalone restaurant where they have all different kinds of mac and cheese. How many different kinds of mac and cheese oh, can there will. be? Are There's, we just talking about what goes in the mac yeah, and yeah, cheese? Yeah, you can like have different additions, but they also have corkscrew pasta. They'll have normal mac- mm. elbow macaroni and cheese. They'll Ooh. have like spaghetti with macaroni and cheese. Heirloom little- pasta. See? See? Already. The uh, idea is. Bird's nest. Remember bird's nest pasta? The ones that it's like- I don't remember It's like that. a swirl of spaghetti stuff. It looks like a little bird's nest. That's way too fancy for me. Yeah. Well, it's I knew that. past my- uh, 
past my comfort level. I there. knew that, but that is a good idea. Yes, you are a man Mac of Jones many Mac talents, and, and we're going to find that out later because apparently you got some haikus for I us. do have some, some haikus for today. Get ready. Uh, Mac Jones right now in the Heisman race. Does he have a chance? Oh, he's definitely got a chance yeah. Like because who's winning it right now is probably Kyle Trask, but Mac Jones is second, and they're going to play each other. So if Alabama right. plays Florida and Mac Jones throws four touchdowns and Trask throws two interceptions, like right now, if I'm a betting man, I'm putting my money on Mac Jones for sure. That's a good bet. Do we know the odds or should I look him up currently? Uh, I know that he was second before this week. I'm not sure what he's at now. You should look it up. I will do that. Because Kyle Trask was the favorite, but I wonder if after that four touchdown performance from Mac Jones, if he's now the favorite. Uh, Kyle Trask looked you know, pretty decent for, uh, for Florida and their win over Tennessee also had four touchdowns, 433 yards. So, you know, I do feel like we're it's a little dangerous for us to just go ahead and say Alabama's going to beat Florida, but it does feel that way. Um, yeah, it does, definitely. But the top teams just massacred everybody this week. Clemson beat Virginia Tech 45-10. to 10. Trevor Lawrence didn't have to do much. He only threw one touchdown, but they ran the ball over Virginia Tech. I have the odds. Okay, what do we got? Uh, Kyle Trask is minus 125, Okay, and Mac Jones is even money. So okay. that's a 1-2 race. And then Trevor Lawrence is 12-1. to 1. Ian Book sixteen to one, uh, Book's and got then no chance. the rest of the guys. Are, I don't think are Trevor Lawrence the, has a chance either. Just off the numbers, right, he's right. Like, you know, he missed too many games. No, I think so too. So uh, I mean, pretty much even money. Kyle Trask, Mac Jones. It's fifty fifty, pretty much right now. Kyle Trask slight lead. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, it was it was just a big day for the big teams. Ohio State. There was a question of if they could even play this game against Michigan State. They ended up being down, I think, three or four starters on the offensive line that couldn't play because they're out with COVID. And they still just destroyed Michigan State 52-12. to 12. Do I mean, we, it was ridiculous. Do we give Michigan State credit this season for having a brand new head coach, young team? Do we give them credit for showing up in some games? Or do we give them no credit because they've been so inconsistent? I mean, I think everyone knew it was going to be a bad year and the program's in bad shape. You give them credit for beating Michigan because they were, they were like 20-point underdogs That's my for that point. Game. They, so, they show yes. up for some games, but then they just completely but I don't know. Yeah, blow then it they in beat, other games. They played Northwestern tough. Yeah. And I can't remember who their second win was against. But, um, I mean, yeah, look, they, I think that uh, Mel Tucker, who we all hate here, uh, is doing a good job there. You know, he, he got a big recruiting win after the Michigan game. It was a kid, an in-state kid, um, blanking on his name, but he was between Michigan and Michigan State. Everyone thought he was leaning Michigan, and then Michigan State wins. He ended up, you know, pulling him, got a verbal commitment from him. Signing day is coming up here in the next, right, I, think, I think we're right. a week away. Um, from signing day, so that was big. I'm still a little, I'm still a little sore about Mel Tucker being a CU fan. He left CU last year, now yeah. at Michigan State, but helps to be four and zero though. Well, CU's four and zero, and Michigan State looks terrible. That's it's kind of like when yeah. you when you like look at the Facebook of an ex girlfriend. She's yeah. all fat and nasty. You're like, <laughs> you're the winner. Uh, dodge that bullet. You you got kinda, a six pack ass. Kind of right exactly. Right? You're thinking the same thing about Tucker. It's like, oh boy, I'm glad we glad things are going well in Boulder right now. Screw that guy. For sure. You just see some uh, some Instagram video of like, I just lit the wrong end of a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's true. But, uh, and it's you're four and zero against the spread Dude, too. CU's looking good. How about that cover? <laughs> Can I just say? So, uh, you know, we give out our best bets every week. I'm on a hot one. I was 5-1 last week, one being the the backdoor cover in the bet board loss. Will got backdoored. But CU covered, Alabama covered, I got backdoored. Texas, Will, you're Texas hot, A&M though, covered. I said I this early hot. in the season. I, the audience understands. Look I said hot. it early. When Will gets a cold streak, 
you don't want to go the other way. You don't want to ride that. You want to hop on it because you know he's going to turn it around. Will's yeah. a good handicapper for college football. So, and it's going to come down to the wire on the bet board. I'm like feeling I said. hot. Yeah, for, I think it is too. You're up one, and uh, we do have our best what bets coming up later. By the way, so uh, if you want to ride this hot streak, there we go. Pay attention. There we go. Um, how about Indiana, man? The Hoosiers. They were 14 point underdogs to Wisconsin because Michael Penix went out. And they go out and they hold Wisconsin to just six points. They beat them out right on the road. Indiana six and one. I mean, you just got to Tom. Tom Allen's got to be coach of the year, right? Has to be. I they get a win over Wisconsin. Thought about that. They beat Michigan. They beat Penn State. What about Luke Fickle? What about the Chanticleers head coach? I I don't don't think it's as obvious as you're saying. Fickle's been good recently, and so I think we kind of expect that everyone knew Cincinnati would be good this year. Does Nick Saban get credit for going undefeated? I mean, look, that's a whole other discussion. Obviously, he should get credit. Nick Saban is the best coach in college football, but I think coach of the year should be Indiana. I really think think it should be Tom Allen. I don't think anyone would have guessed that Indiana could have beat Wisconsin, Michigan, Penn State. You know, we know obviously know Michigan and Penn State are not good this year, but before the year, and guess what? They played Ohio State really close too. They pulled that one, you know, close late. Um, that was just a gutsy win from them. The defense is awesome. I just I'm I'm all, all over the Hoosiers right now. I wouldn't argue if he got head coach. How about that? Or okay. head coach of the year. That's I wouldn't fair enough. yell about it. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, again, I I've said it before in previous episodes of this podcast, but I think he's done Probably the best job in, in, in the Big Ten with what he's got. Man. Oh, for sure. It, it, not, not only from an X's and O's standpoint, but from recruiting, getting yeah. getting athletes there, and and being competitive. Yeah, I agree. The tides are changing in the Big Ten. Things are getting weird. I mean, Ohio <laughs> State's still at the top, but things are shifting around awful, I know, man. awful fast in that It's conference. strange. And then in the Big 12, uh, you know, the Cowboy, your Cowboys lose. Iowa State goes out and destroys uh. West Virginia. How much did Iowa State fuck up losing to – Louisiana week one against the Raging Cajuns. Yeah, I know. Because now they're a two-loss team. If they were a one-loss team and about to, you know, if they beat Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game, they're probably in the playoffs. I don't know. It's just so classic Matt Campbell. Like, no one ever rags on this guy for losing to the Raging Cajuns, and everyone wants to make him the next coach of the New York Jets when he wins uh, uh, the... Bryce Krispies Bowl. It's like he gets so much credit, more than anyone I've ever seen in the history of college football, for winning like a couple games he should win. I, I don't I, know. I don't man. get all the. I I get it because I think Iowa State's a tough place to win. They they never win historically. He's eight and two. They're leading the Big Twelve, and if he if he goes, I'm not sure they'll beat Oklahoma in the Big Twelve championship game. But if they do, if he beats them twice, you know, I know they're not going to make the playoff, but I think that's worthy of you know showing showing. Uh, Showing some love for, I've, for I've Matt Campbell. I've sold all my Matt Campbell stock. Okay, well, guess what? I'd take him in Michigan right now. I can tell you that much. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I don't know how well Harbaugh's been doing, but well, we should Harbaugh. probably we should probably move on to that then and move on to Asses of Fire. Should we not? Let's get to some Asses of Fire. Yes. All right, we are gonna cover. These are the coaches on the hot seats, their possible replacements, and the reason why we call it Asses of Fire, Smitty, <laughs> is because. We've got, uh, they have hot, they're on the hot seat. It's a classic South Park stuff. Uh, hi, I want six tickets to Asses of Fire. There Here we go. go, Ryan. We're just having some te- technical difficulties. Hey, Don't worry about okay. it. It's okay. He's on it. He's working over there. He's yeah. a, he, hey, I'm trying. He's trying. I know, right? To really keep up with this show, he needs to be like, uh, he needs to have some octopus hands. He needs to have eight hands going all over the place. Isn't that like, uh, is it if you see Monsters, Inc.? 
Yeah. yeah. Your papers work late again, Wazowski. What is this her is name? Great. Uh, I don't remember her name, but that is either. a great movie. Oh, yeah. I love that. Did you I know? just want to say Frau, but that's Does she have powers. multiple hands? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, she does. I think she has a lot she of She has hands. at least four. I mean, a lot of those, they're all like, you You're know, monsters. You're late again, Wazowski. <laughs> um, I, so I got five names here on my asses of fire list. I have three, and then I have for each coach uh, who they should replace him with and who they will replace okay. him with. Okay, I don't think I went quite as in-depth, but I'll, all right. So the first one, I feel like we should bring it up first because it's the one everyone's talking about. It's Tom Herman at yep. Texas. Yep. It's weird because he keeps winning these games, which makes it hard for Texas to fire him. But then there's all these rumors about Urban Meyer exploding. But here's the thing is that I, you know, I thought that it was basically a done deal. I had heard it was a done deal from people in Columbus that I know that, you know, through sources, sources always have the information. I got so many sources, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they had said it was basically a done deal and it sounded like that was the case the last few weeks. But just today I started, all these reports started coming out from, you know, 24 seven Longhorn sites saying that. Uh, Urban turned down Texas. He said, "No way." For health purposes, that. that just happened today. Well, that sucks. Uh, all the that news ruins came out. My replace him. It's so funny. Like message boards are blowing up. Like there was a, you know, Urban Meyer did like a a media hit for Fox Sports uh, during a college football game, and he was like doing a Zoom thing from like a, ho- a hotel room, and all these Texas fans were like doing online detective work and they had like the picture of the curtains in the back and they were pretty sure it was from this resort in Austin. You know, they had pictures of the inside of these hotel rooms in Austin saying like, look, the curtains match. There's a ceiling fan just like that. And so maybe he was there and he considered it. There were rumors that he met with, you know, the athletic director and the president of the school and stuff, but ultimately turned it down because of health reasons. That's that's, that's, reasons. that's what they're saying. I don't understand health reasons. Like, did it have anything to do with Texas? Like the geography of it? No. Well, so the part of the reason, I mean, he, he essentially got fired from Ohio state, but it's true that he did have, he has this, like, it's called like an arachnoid cyst on his brain. Hmm. It's inoperable and it gives him headaches and stuff. And the last year at Ohio state, he was having a lot of pain on the sideline. Apparently. I mean, I don't know. He said his heart was having problems when he left Florida too. So then why are there still not rumors the biggest about him fan. coming back? If he's not healthy enough to coach. That's because I think everyone wants, him. I think Texas would have thrown everything at him. That's why I think all these, I bet you Texas went to him with a blank check and said like, name your price. We'll take you. And now I don't think they're going to get him. And at that point, you know, if you, I don't think Matt Campbell's even Iowa state just to take another big 12 job at Texas. So I don't know who you get at this point. I kind of feel like you keep Tom Herman because he's already got this huge buyout. Give him another year or two and then fire him and, and hope that a bigger name is available. Well, I have my should replace him and will replace him, okay. but I had Urban Meyer for the one who will replace him. Right. I thought all the writing was on the wall. I thought it was he was looking at houses, and we all know the whole thing. Right. Nick Saban was, was looking at houses. Those real estate agents in Austin, they got a big mouth. Exactly, but I thought it was going to happen, but it didn't. So I think, you know, I had. Urban Meyer is my coach who will replace him. So I, we're going to have to switch that up. I Maybe. mean, this just came out today. So I mean, but I would go even as far as, uh, I mean, I don't know. Because it would have to be, I think they want a big name, either someone in the NFL right now. Maybe uh, what about like an Eric Bieniemy? You know the offensive coordinator for uh, the Kansas City idea. Chiefs. Yeah, he's kind of in that area of Texas. That may be good. He's a kind of a big enough name. I, do, um, I, I don't know. Um, I, I'm not sure. I can't come up with his name off the top of my head. But the uh, defensive coordinator for the 49ers. I'm not oh, sure yeah. who it is. What either. is that guy's name? I uh, I've heard that name thrown out there for other coaching jobs too. You know, I've got a name for you. Yeah, just off the top of my head. So this guy. Let me know if you can think of him. He coaches at an ACC school. He took a bad ACC program, turned him around, 
He's got a national championship to his name already. Oh, Mac Brown. Mac Brown. Wait, going back to Texas? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't think he'd actually okay. do that. But wouldn't it be funny if they went all the way full circle <laughs> and they fire, they get rid of Mac Brown and push him out? It's hysterical. a disaster, and they bring him back when he's like 85. I would love that. So just to let yes. you know that that coach's name from San Francisco is Robert Sala. Okay, okay. yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, Mo Sala. You guys know who Mo Sala is? Yeah, plays for Liverpool. Yes. right? great striker, Egyptian. Liverpool. Um, do you want to know who I have on the list for should replace Tom Herman? Yes. This is going to be one that nobody's said, but I think it's a great name. Trent Dilfer. Uh, I know, right? I don't People don't know like about Trent that. Trent Dilfer has been so out of the spotlight for so long. He's currently a head coach at a high school, and they just went to the state championship. This guy's still in the game of football very strongly. He has... So many connections. I hear him occasionally on the radio, and he'll talk about guys in like every state, coaches he talks to. I think he'd be a tremendous recruiter. I think he's one of these mm-hmm. weird names who's been in the coaching atmosphere for the last five, ten years. I think he'd be ready for it. Big name, knows a lot about football. So uh, just a, an interesting name. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, t- the the thing is that like recruiting is not the problem in Texas. Like Herman's done that. I don't know. I think I'd rather take Herman just than – Dilfer now, but you know, in a few years, if Dilfer takes a college job elsewhere, you might be right. But yeah, maybe for me, he needs a stepping stone before that. A but jump from high school to Texas is a pretty big, pretty big is, deal. It is for yeah. the Dilf. Yeah, I just want to throw that out there. I think that I've been thinking about that for Interesting. a while. Interesting. So yeah. I bet you that's a name we see in the next few years, though. I think so. I think so. Um, He's getting better at coaching. Should we and, talk? And his his claws are now deeply in regional uh, high school recruiting in the Southwest. Okay, or uh, uh, Southeast, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jim Harbaugh. Yep, so, he's on my list too. Interesting, because he probably should have the hottest ass of all the asses on fire, <laughs> but the rumor, and I follow a lot of Michigan stuff, obviously as a Michigan fan, is that like maybe even this week they're going to announce he's getting an extension. He's getting well, a, th- a three-year extension. We're going to know this week. Well, probably next couple weeks, because if he doesn't get an extension, from what I've heard from my sources, uh, <laughs> he's not going to get retained, because... It's crucial that when you hit the recruiting trail, when the season ends here in a few weeks, it's going to be detrimental for Michigan recruiting if he doesn't have a long-term contract. Right. It's going to look bad for the parents and everyone who's trying to get onto Michigan. Other coaches in the Big Ten will use that against him. So if he stays at Michigan, he will get a big contract this week or next week. And if he doesn't get that contract, he's going to be gone. Well, because he's only got one year left after this in his deal. I don't think they'll have him coaching in that. I just don't think they can get anybody, and that's probably why... You know, my guess is they kind of put feelers out. So as a Michigan fan, what do you think that extension looks like? Probably like three years, probably a lesser. Oh, like huge. his buyout's pretty big. I would guess they drop the buyout in order to that way. Because look, if, if shit continues to spiral and be really bad for Michigan, you know, Harbaugh maybe will want to save some face and not be fired from his alma mater. And so maybe then I still think he's got interest from NFL teams. I think there's a lot of NFL teams that would jump at the idea of getting Jim Harbaugh, even though he hasn't had a ton of success at Michigan. And if, if he has a lower buyout, then he can say, oh, I didn't get fired. I'm going to accept an NFL job and leave this to someone on the staff or whatever. And then Michigan doesn't have. So I bet the buyout drops. I bet it's, you know, three years. And that gives Michigan some wiggle room as far as if things go bad. But another one to remember, because I've been thinking about this a lot, obviously, as a Michigan fan, because part of me wants him fired and just wants something new. But also, I mean, if you look at Notre Dame, I think it was two or three years ago. They had a four and seven season. Maybe it was like or, or four and eight, or it was three and nine. And everyone was saying, "Fire Brian Kelly." You know, he's lost it there, and they stuck with him. And look at him now. I mean, they're a, essentially a playoff team. They're a playoff contender. They beat Clemson. You know, with these kind of these these coaches that have been doing it for a while. 
you know, maybe he has one bad year. If, obviously, if it's this bad next year, you got to get rid of him. But I don't know, man. I, I, I part of me wants to give him a chance. Um, I just don't know how he's ever going to beat Ohio State. That's my thing. I mean, should keep him. It's been a weird year. I know it's an excuse, but I think he's the best they can get right now. Yeah. Uh, my should replace him. This is who should replace him. Urban Meyer. <laughs> Barf, dude. I would I would love to see Barf. that. That would Meyer never go happen. to Michigan. Who will replace him? I have Matt Campbell. Okay. Uh, not because I think he deserves it, because no one everyone talks about him so much in college football. Let him go to Michigan and screw things up there. I but, think I'd be cool with it. Yeah, I know. I think a lot of people would be. That's why I have him under Will. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. That's so. right. <laughs> um next up for me, Justin Fuente, Virginia Tech. Uh Virginia Tech can't play defense right now. It's unlike the Hokies. Um, they just missed the opportunity to hire Shane Beamer, too. Shane Beamer, the son of Frank Beamer, the legendary Virginia Tech head coach. Shane's Beamer's car dealership. Shane's BMW Beamer. Shane's Beamer's BMW. Yes. Um, he just it, took the job at South Carolina. He's going to be the new head coach there. He was on the Oklahoma staff. He was the kind of offensive coordinator underneath Lincoln Riley. I don't really know how it works if Riley's calling the plays or if it's just his system, but uh, he's taking over at South Carolina. I still think... We could see him, and if he does well there, I think he could end up at Virginia Tech because, you know, with his dad being like the most legendary coach there of all time. But it seems like they just missed an opportunity. If they could have fired Fuentes a couple weeks earlier, they could have got this guy if they want him. But I think Justin Fuente uh, is just like off the rails at Virginia Tech. It's really bad. The offense is, has gotten worse as the year goes on, and they used to always be a strong defensive team, and they can't even do that now. So to me, he's, he's uh, got a hot ass. All right. I got nothing for Fuente. His okay. ass is fine to me. Uh, how about Les Miles? <laughs> Kansas. Uh, and I don't have him either. So He's not on your take list? Take it away. No. no. I only have three guys. Look, they're 0-9. Kansas, it's a horrible program, but, but someone, Miles and it's someone's got to be able to turn it around. Someone has to be like, all these big-name coaches go to Kansas and fail. Someone's got to do it, and here's the guy to do it, I think. Brady Hoke. <laughs> Brady Hoke. He's not going to win you a Big 12 championship, right? He, he fucked up at Michigan. But he can recruit, and I think he gets a lot out of his players. I think he's a good motivator. He's back at San Diego State. They've been a pretty solid team since he got back there. I think he'd be a good guy to go to Kansas, honestly. I don't know. Okay. Who, I guess I like it. I mean, he's Brady Hoke's just been out of it. He coach, he's coaching the He wears a headset now. now. It's Kansas, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, Someone's got to be able to do it. But they're not going to be able to. Well, that's the thing Someone. also. But, but Brady Hoke. Come I, on. Remember Brady how Hoke bad is, Baylor used to be, and they had a good year every now and then? Brady Hoke's at San Diego State. Yes. San Diego compared to Lawrence, Kansas. It's quite a just difference. talk about living conditions. It's true. Like, I, it's I true. think that it's going to be tough to get anyone to go from – San Diego to Kansas. Guy wears a headset now. You got to give him credit. Yeah, a lot of credit. How ridiculous <laughs> was it that in his five he years really at Michigan, as a coach. he He's never a wore headset. a headset? Like, how can you have a head coach that doesn't talk to, was he to, to his other trends? coaches? So, was he, was that, were his other coaches on the sideline? or He had guys in the press box, and what he had, like, he just said he didn't like wearing a headset, and he would have, like, runners, right? He'd, like, there'd be an assistant with a headset on next to him that would tell shit to him like he's, like, some mob boss I was gonna that say, won't talk on the mafia? phone. Exactly. And it's just like, and I meant like it seemed cool at the time. He, you know, he was also he'd wear a T-shirt in a snowstorm. He was like, yeah, I'm, I'm tough. We're tough. Meanwhile, he's get, he's got student assistants going to pay phones to call up to the booth. He just had no idea what was going on. But he did have a couple good years there. I think he could turn around Kansas. Oh, that's a good name, Will. Who else is on your list? Kevin Sumlin. Oh, Texas or no Arizona? Arizona right? Yeah, he's been terrible at Arizona. He's yeah, getting worse right. and worse. Are they zero four? I think so. Yeah, zero okay. four. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Who do you hire? Well. 
here's the should. And remember, the difference between should and will, the should is likely to never happen, right? Urban Meyer to to uh, Michigan, Trent Dilfer to Texas, right? These things are not going to happen. These are right. just my shoulds. But the should for Arizona, Kirk Herbstreet. Herbie? Herbie, dude. He's never coached a day in his I life. I don't care. Arizona has the <laughs> lowest expectations of any Pac-12 team. What? I would love to see Herbie out there on the sidelines. Arizona, I'd love it. All right, tell you who, I, who I'd who do then. Yeah. Corso, Lee Corso. <laughs> He's been doing it even longer than Herb Street. <laughs> that would be cool. Either of them out there. All right, so who's the Will? Uh, Will, Todd Graham. Todd Graham, former Arizona State head coach, currently the head coach of Hawaii. He has a lot of ties in the area with recruiting, knows the state very well, has connections to a lot of the high schools in Arizona. I think that's a legitimate one. Todd Graham could really replace him at uh, at Arizona. Okay, cool. I got one more here. It's uh, Jeremy Pruitt, Tennessee. Um, things are bad there. You're not seeing a lot of improvement. The recruiting is getting better. You're just not seeing it on the field. Uh, I think they should get Jamie Chadwell from Coastal Carolina. Okay. You know, it's it's not too far one. regionally. Yeah. He can recruit that area. Uh, he's you know he's proven to get a lot out of his players. Um, and I just I, at this point I feel like Tennessee fans are probably about ready to get rid of Jeremy Pruitt. That's a good one. I, I'm still not mad at Tennessee. They won me a bet board game last week, so yeah, I'm okay true. with the Vols. The old backdoor. Yes. <laughs> um, do you have anything else before we move on to real or fake? Uh, no, I'm good. So I, I just wanted to ask you guys, I, I didn't hear, and maybe I missed it, I didn't hear Tom Allen's name come up with any of those jobs. Do you think he's Interesting. got... Or do you think he just wants to stay there? I kind of think he does. Look, that, that's a great name, and he should be on it. I, if, if you're a big name, if you're Texas, you should probably be calling that dude right now. I'd even think Michigan stay in the Big Ten. I mean, uh, I don't think he'd go to Michigan. I think like right. when you're when you're head coach Indiana and you build things up so long, you probably just fucking hate Michigan and you hate teams like that. And so to finally like beat them and now you're better than them, what now you're gonna go to that team? Like, you know, he does strike me as the type of dude, kind of like Mark D'Antonio, where he built up Michigan State every year. It was like someone's going to come calling for him, and he kept staying, kept turning down job offers for the NFL, for other college programs. I could kind of see him doing that, but you're kind of right because I've, it feels like the ceiling is lower on, on on Indiana. Like This might be the ceiling, like one really great year where you beat some teams, you almost beat Ohio State. I don't see them doing that consistently moving forward. So maybe he does go elsewhere, um, that's a that's an interesting name. I'm not sure why why neither of us thought of that. Yeah, I just I just Bonehead. had some other guys ahead of him, but that's a good name for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, we're doing real or fake. So we're gonna do real or fake, and then after that we got best bets. Uh, we've done real or fake before. We've done it with college player names, college just colleges in general. I think now we're doing movie edition. Yeah, and this is fun. You know, we like movies. We do movie reviews a lot. And how this is gonna work? I think all three of us kind of are doing this a different way. How it is for me is I've what got... What I love about when the outline, when Will sends it, he doesn't have a lot of instructions. So we right. just kind of take this as we see it. I like There's a lot of interpretation, which I love. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, we all get to do our own thing. And so what I've got, I've got a list of movie titles here, and some of them are real and some of them are fake. I love that. And I'm going to toss them out, and I'm gonna, and you guys are going to see how, uh, how well you do. Boom. And love I, it. And I think you guys have a slightly different version, which is cool. So we'll do it all. So all right. I'll just start with mine. Here's the first movie. Deathbed, the bed that eats. Fake. Ryan, what do you say? Uh, that's definitely true. It is real. Wow. It is a real movie. It's from the 70s. I've, I've heard that before. It's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> the bed that eats. The bed that eats. Okay. Uh, next one is called Birdemic. And this, the movie is about a horde of mutated birds descends on a quiet California town 
two citizens fight back, but will they survive? Is that fake. real or fake? fake? This was the prequel to Sharknado, I believe. I'm going to say real. It is real. I don't oh know if it's God. I don't know if it's the preview to Sharknado, but I don't think it is. Birdemic. It's like a pandemic of birds. <laughs> um very apropos for today. Uh next one up. It, this movie is called Rubber. Okay? The movie is about a black rubber tire or rubber car tire that kills people by making their heads explode. Fake. It's very true. It's real. Smitty. Smitty's up to date on all the bad movies. Yeah, how Holy did you? Are, do you know these are fake? Or are you just guessing? True. Do you I, know these I, are I, real? I, I, like I consider myself a huge like horror or not horror movie buff, and they come out with shitty ones constantly. But you knew all of these existed. Yeah, I, I just, I just have not just that guessing. Wasn't no, I'm not guessing at all. Well, actually, Birdemic, I did guess, but it sounds shitty enough that it is real. Right. So rubber, real movie, a black. That sounds like something Will would make tire. up on the way over here. <laughs> like he like sees a car tire, like someone has a flat tire in front of him or something. He's like, oh, that's a good idea. All right, uh, next up. Now, uh, now I'm in my own head. Now yeah. I've guessed fake three times in a row. So I'm going. Do you keep guessing fake? Right. See, maybe I plan that. Maybe I. Maybe these he are did. all real, and he I did. just want to fuck double fuck Probably you. Probably Um, this movie is called Mrs. Claus Wants a Divorce. <laughs> Okay, so I'm, I'm already going fake, but keep, keep after going. meeting a rabbi and studying Judaism, <laughs> Mrs. Claus decides that Christmas is not for her and begins a journey to separate from old Saint. I have to go fake again. How long was their relationship on the rocks? <laughs> You'd have to watch to find out. What do you think? I would say fake, too. It's fake. I made it up. Oh, thank God. Okay, uh, next one. <laughs> well, a lot of these are going to be Christmas themes since we're in the Christmas season. Okay, next one. Santa Claus conquers the Martians. Real or fake? Fake. Real. It's real. Oh, my God. It's like a 70s movie, I guess. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, I, I didn't even have to give an explanation because the title is just Santa Claus conquers the Martians. <laughs> I'm, I'm so, going to guess it's pretty low budget. I am so bad at this game. <laughs> not doing well. Okay, next one. This one's not uh, Christmas related. Spontaneous Conjunction. And here's the uh, basic plot of the movie. I know Spontaneous Combustion is a South Park I episode. I think that's the play of it, Spontaneous Conjunction. Molly and Sam are two train conductors <laughs> whose lives crash together as a routine train ride turns into an explosion of coal, steel, and romance on the tracks. Real or fake? I'm going real. I was just going to say that this sounds like, like some sort of drama in an intersection. Like, yeah. This is the <laughs> train intersection, apparently. Um, I'm going to go fake. It's fake. I mean, oh, my God. <laughs> Have you missed one? Did you see his notes before this? No, this is horrible. Uh, this is you're not looking How many good. Have you here, gone through? What am I? One in five. There's one more. Jesus. Yeah, I think that's six. You're one in five. The last one is Christmas related. It's called the ginger dead man. <laughs> An evil yet adorable gingerbread man comes to life with the soul of a convicted killer to get revenge on the little girl who sent him to the electric chair. Real, real or fake? Real. Yeah, that's real. It's real. So nicely done. Undefeated, baby. Holy yeah. shit. Dude, Smitty. How many did you have Rushing there? it. Smitty's many, seen a lot. There's seven there. I went two and five. Two and five. Not great. Not oh great, God. Tyler. I'm like Michigan this year. And you know what? If I dare say, you didn't cover the spread either because I would have guessed you to go at least four and three. Right. For like for above 500. Yeah, for oh, sure. Oh, good God. That's embarrassing. That is embarrassing. That's Whew. all I got, though. So now let's do, uh, let's do your list, Tyler. My list? Yeah. Well, mine's a little different. So okay. I have... Uh, you kind of did this a little bit, too, I guess. I'm going to give you guys the synopsis of the movie. 
Um, and you guys tell me whether it's real or fake. Okay. And then I give no you title, the, just the synopsis? Yeah, exactly. I'll okay. give you the title after the synopsis. I okay. have uh, five in total. Okay. Uh, movie number one. Uh, five college students set out on a, on a road trip for Thanksgiving break, only to realize they're being terrorized and hunted by a possessed turkey. Mm. And there's no title, or are you going to give us a title I'll later? I'll give you the title if it's real. Uh, I'm going to go I'm gonna go real. Real movie. Ryan? You want me to give the synopsis again? No, I'm good. I'm going to go real. It is real. It's called Thanks Killing. <laughs> That's a bad name. It is very good. All right, uh, next. And Ginger Dead Man was good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, next. Uh... When Jake, I'm not going to, because a lot of times there's, uh, yeah, so when Jake awakes one morning in a strange hotel room, he finds himself in a bit of a predicament. There's a corpse in his bed and a briefcase full of cash. Not only that, but he can't remember who he is or how he got there. Mm. Yes. The Tyler Walgie story. Yes. Um, um, it, it actually, I have another <laughs> part here. I, oh. Well, it's, uh, yeah. Uh, his uh, girlfriend, a waitress, tells him he's a janitor at a video game company. And that she is his girlfriend, but Jake believes he's an undercover agent for the CIA, and he tries to figure out the truth in this thrilling movie. Oh, okay, this sounds like you're trying to make it fake, but I think it's real. I think it's fake. It is real. Ah! It is called Codename the Cleaner. It's Cedric the Entertainer. <laughs> what? <laughs> Codename the Cleaner? <laughs> Cedric the Entertainer? It is a Cedric the Entertainer, wow, yes. Oh, okay. All right, next. Uh, an active member... Uh, oh, excuse me. Dawn... An active member of her high school chastity club <laughs> finally gets, oh, excuse me, finally gives into sex after meeting the man of her dreams. Nice. The only problem is that she quickly learns that there's something different about her. She has teeth in her vagina, which <laughs> viciously eats anything that enters it. This is already real. I've seen it. <laughs> well, why is Ryan seeing every bad movie? <laughs> well, I'm guessing real. There's no real. way you're it's called up. it follows. It's called teeth. Oh, teeth. Yes. No, it follows is another bad one. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, teeth. So, <laughs> Smitty, what are you watching, man? <laughs> Dude, a lot of bad things. Uh, I'm sorry. So, if you guys want a nice family clip, family flick, uh, teeth. <laughs> Fam Whoa, <laughs> <Freudian> slip there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, next one. In post-apocalyptic Earth. A small band of survivors begin a new society only to find out their leader, Cresswell, is actually an alien hiding amongst them. They try to discover who the trustworthy humans are, but as they do, one by one, people keep disappearing. Mm. I'm going to go fake. Ryan? Real. That is fake. Yeah. That is all product of my imagination. And Cresswell. last one Good here. A group of college students arrive at a Romanian castle for a semester abroad, but they quickly realize the castle is infested with vampires. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to say fake. It's pretty generic. I'm going fake as well. It is real. Oh. It is Transylvania. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Those are mine. Okay. Okay. All right. Mine are a little bit simpler. It's it's all um, Transylvania. <laughs> it's all athletes. Ooh, so I'm, I'm going to give it to both of you guys. You have to decide which one's real, which one's fake. Okay. Let's uh, do it. First one that I have is Tug McGraw or TJ Jackson. Oh, so one's real, one's fake. Yep. Uh, well, TJ Jackson and Tug McGraw. I'm going to go Tug McGraw's real. And we're going a little switch up here. And TJ Jackson's fake. Will, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to agree that Tug, Mag <clears throat> Tug McGraw is a real name, yeah. but I bet you there's a TJ Jackson out there, too. I'm sure there is. I got the TJ Jackson from Key and Peele. Tug McGraw is actually Tim McGraw's son. 
Oh, wow. Oh, he he plays named baseball. his son Tug. Oh, nice. He named his son Tug. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Tug McGraw. Tugboat. All right. Next one, we have uh, Weston Steelhammer or <laughs> Pam Smith. It's like one ridiculous one and then one normal one. Uh, I'm going to go Steelhammer is real is the real name. I'm going to go that Steelhammer is fake and you made it up. Weston Steelhammer was a safety for Air Force hey, Academy. Uh, last Air year. Force Academy. Oh. Steelhammer, and he's in the military. That's <laughs> what a great badass. name, Weston Steelhammer. Oh, yeah. He played safety. Like, oh, that's, that's a great name. First name should be Rock. I have <laughs> Alan Bosley or Sum Ting Wong. Oh, oh my god. Alan Bosley's <laughs> gotta be the real one. Yes, Alan Bosley's real, right? Have you have you ever seen that that uh YouTube video? The news channel that got yeah, fixed. The yeah. Got fixed. All right, then we have uh <laughs> this you guys are gonna get this one. Um I'm sorry, which one did I just do? Something Wong. <laughs> no, no, the the real one. Uh I don't remember. West Hammer, Steel West no, Hammer. It was no, it after West Hammer. Uh it was like uh I don't even remember. I was so focused on the something wrong. All right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> Paul Crew or Connie Lingus? <laughs> Paul Crew is real. It's got to be that. I'm going Paul Crew's fake. No, Paul Crew is Adam Sandler's character in The Longest Yard. And yeah. <laughs> Connie Lingus, I just don't think you made the connection yet. Oh, my God. <laughs> wait, wait, so you give us two fake names? No, pa- pa- Paul Crew's real. It's oh, a real okay. a- athlete in a movie, is yeah. what he's saying. Oh, in a movie. Right. Okay. So he's like a real fake boy. <laughs> yeah, Connie Lingus didn't make a movie. <laughs> I like Connie. <laughs> Me too. She doesn't smell like a bed of roses. Oh, um, uh, is that all we got? Yeah? You're good? Yeah, okay. that, that's, all, that's all I had for you guys. All right, we are moving on. Oh, no, wait, no, Tyler. We got your poetry. We do. It's poetry hour. We got some haikus. Before we do best bets, we're doing poetry. I am excited for this. Yeah, it was uh, impromptu. I came in today. Let the guys know I have uh, I have some haikus to and do today. For so. the listeners, he is wearing a beret. Yes, I am. All right, haiku number one. Now this one is all encompassing. Okay, it's about COVID this year, and I make my national championship pick in this haiku. Oh, right. And for those who don't know, a haiku goes five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables. Yes. Right. Haiku number one about COVID, and I make my national championship pick. Ready? COVID, go away. College football will prevail. Saban wins again. Oh, that's so good. Some snaps. So you like that? Saban wins again? Alabama? Uh All right. My second haiku, and this is for this upcoming week specifically. Ready? This is for, uh, all right, so obviously we got a big week of games coming up. We'll make our picks here pretty soon. Yeah. But... This one is for next week, and I make a couple picks in this haiku. CU wins again. Ole Miss upsets AM. <laughs> Michigan covers. Oh, wow. Yes. Oh. All right. Yeah, baby. Like those haikus? I love it, yes. honestly. You're giving yes. out picks in poetry form. Yeah. I feel like this might have to be a recurring segment. <laughs> I'm the haiku master. Let me just say that much. You're not going to ever meet anyone who will write a haiku as well as I do. I, I loved it, honestly. Great at haikus. I, I knew I was coming into something when you had, you know, your cup of coffee and your fancy uh, <laughs> your fancy jazz hat on. I so. am <laughs> going on with coffee. This is my third cup of coffee today. He's hot. He's this hot, afternoon. folks. Whew. Well, let's see if your picks are just as hot. We got best bets. 
Yes, best bets. And Tyler, we are going to start with your undefeated Smitty, your team too. Undefeated Colorado Buffs. Let's go, Buffalo. We got the Utah Utes plus two and a half at Colorado here in Boulder. Is this? I know the Pac-12 wants to force this into a rivalry game. Is it a rivalry game? No, it's border war. It's just the most two recent teams to join the Pac-12, so they created a rivalry, which is fake. They should call this game uh, altitude attitude at altitude because both these teams play up high. It's called Rumble in the Rockies. Rumble in the Rockies. That's not bad. That's what they call it. Okay, it's kind of stupid, but this uh, for me is a trap game, Tyler. The Buffs okay. are four and zero. They're undefeated against the spread, and they're just a two and a half point favorite at home over an zero and two Utah team. They opened up just a one point favorite, so some money coming in on the Buffs. But this line is a little stinky to me. Uh, it seems too good to be true, and you know what happens when I see something that's too good to be true. Uh, I just uh, I'm I'm stupid. I have a dumb dumb brain, and I gotta have it. I see something that looks juicy, and I want to have it. That's true. It's it, this this line looks juicy. Uh, the Utes' offense, it looks terrible. Jake Bentley, the quarterback, he's turned the ball over a ton. The run game hasn't been great either. Uh, Utah's defense is not nearly as good as last year, especially the passing D, but the run D is stingy as always, and I do think that's kind of why this line is so low. Um, CU's done most of their damage on the ground, uh, excuse me, on the ground with the running game. Uh, they haven't asked Sam Neuer to carry the offense. Uh I think he's, he might have to this game. Uh, you know, the altitude, I mentioned it before, it's not a factor. Utah's used to playing an altitude. Normally, that's a huge home field advantage for the Buffs. That gets neutralized. Utah, they've won three straight against CU. Uh, I do think this game comes down to the quarterback battle. I think it's Sam Neuer versus Jake Bentley. Whoever can stay clean, whoever can avoid turnovers wins this one. I'm hesitant. I don't love that this number jumped up. I would have liked to see you more at minus one, but I am going to stick with the Buffs here. I'm going to roll with them minus two and a half. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that this line has greatly adjusted before the season. I think Utah was about a touchdown favorite. And so, yeah. uh, you know, Colorado's looked very good this year. Utah's looked very bad. But this is sort of an evening out process. I mean, Utah has done so well against CU against the spread lately that you understand why this line kind of is where it is until you dig deeper, like Will said. And you really look at how well CU's done this year. But I do think you're right that Utah's run defense has something to do with this line. I don't care. I'm going to go with the buffs here. I think that CU is still ahead of the market. They're, they're one of those teams that they just keep kind of getting by enough every week to not be too obvious, to not make too much noise. I mean, how many t- people nationally are really talking about CU? Not that many. Right. And I think this is a statement game for the Buffs. I believe they will end up in the top 25 in the college football playoff rankings this week, which is going to be a huge motivator for these guys. And I love the Buffs this week at home, up to minus two and a half. So can I just ask you guys, in a real a regular season without COVID, anything anything like that, I mean, if you've even been paying attention to Sports Center, you understand what Jarek Broussard has done. Is he, in a regular season, a Heisman contender, do you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, so Jerry Broussard is uh, the running back for Colorado, and he's had a breakout year, pretty much the reason why they're so good at, at these rushing stats. He's taken on the load of everything this team needs to do, and I think in a, in a season where we're playing out every game, there's no way he's left out of the Heisman conversation. He's what had too his, good of a year. Uh, I'm looking up his numbers right now because I haven't been paying close enough attention to his numbers. Here we go. He's, he's got, averaging close to 200 yards a game right now. 
Jeez. Yeah, he, he's tearing it up. He's unbelievable. He rushed for 301 yards last last week. Yeah, he's over 100 for the first 6. couple games. 6.4 yards per carry. Yeah, he's unbelievable. Um, but they just get no attention. They get no love. Nationally. Here's the only thing. He's only got three touchdowns. And I guess they've only played four games. Yeah. But, you know, if this was a long season over the course of it, I could see the only reason why. I think he could be a finalist maybe. I don't think he could win it just because you got to typically you have to be like, a playoff contender team to yeah, really get that conversation. Yeah, and I'm sorry, that that's, just, that's just me being a homer. I, right. just, wanted, I just wanted you guys as a But in a real it. season where CU does go undefeated, if they would, they would be in that conversation. Things would materialize much differently than they have this year. And correct me if I'm wrong, this is the last week for the Pac-12, isn't it? Yeah. So that's interesting, too, because Utah's winless. They're maybe motivated to get a win, finally, and not, be, not go winless for the whole year. Meanwhile, CU, they want to end the year undefeated and have a shot if that maybe if... USC or they can't can they not qualify for the Pac-12 championship hey, game? If USC loses, they will they'll be in. I didn't know if there was like a game limit there. Yeah, so USC has to lose, and then the Pac-12 came out today saying that um, they will not change their protocol if CU goes undefeated and there's a one or even a two loss team in the North because they had because of the cancellations they haven't been able to play enough exactly. games. That's the reason and, why. And, and both of those games were. Um, Ah, oh, that's so USC shitty. USC and Arizona State's fault. So, yeah, yeah I mean, that sucks. But, God, that yeah. CU-USC game, huge cancellation. I know, I know. Uh, moving on, Oklahoma at West Virginia. This line opened up Oklahoma minus 11. They're now a 14-point road favorite. West Virginia, they've been surprisingly uh, – they've been a tough out for a lot of teams this year, and it's because of their tough defense. Uh, besides the ass-whooping they just took from Iowa State over the weekend where they gave up 42, the defense has been stellar, and especially the pass defense. The Mountaineers – uh, they're giving up just 170 passing yards per game, only seven passing first downs per game. Um, but their offense sucks pretty bad, and they they got to play an, an Oklahoma team that found out defense finally. You know, Oklahoma's still kind of flying under the radar because that that one and two starts they can score without just relying on the passing game. Um, the Sooners' offense is balanced, and they've been able to push people around with the offensive line. To me, this line seems like a piece of cake but what the, the, the thing that scares me about Oklahoma here is that they are locked into the Big 12 championship game and they're locked out of the playoff race so I don't know where the motivation and the focus for this game against West Virginia is going to be at or, you know maybe they'll be resting starters um, I think that's a big concern here I'm, I'm eager to find out what Lincoln Riley's plans are for resting guys but if I got to make the pick right now at the beginning of the week I do think Oklahoma you know is one of the five or six best teams in the country right now and I'm gonna I'm willing to lay the points here minus 14 for the Sooners. Yeah, I'm gonna go with you there. I think the Sooners will uh, cover this spread. It's a big spread, but I I don't like West Virginia. I've watched them play a lot this year, and they just don't have that that killer instinct. And I, it's funny because a lot of times I like to approach this with with math and stats and numbers. And I do have a couple stats here coming up, but I just don't trust this team. I don't like the coaching staff. I don't like the decision making. And it's easy for me to put my money against whoever they're playing. It's something that I usually feel comfortable doing. What I like here, well, can you get me? The, do you have the lines pulled up? Uh, yeah. What do you need? Uh, just the over under, uh, because um. yeah. So so you can look that up. But what's interesting in this game, the the one thing that popped out to me is both teams have really underrated defenses. Listen to this: West Virginia is number five in the country for yards per game given up. Wow. Oklahoma is number 11 in the country for yards per game given up. So I think that both these defenses are going to surprise a lot of people. Will mentioned maybe a lack of motivation for Oklahoma. They're locked into the championship game in the Big 12, as Will mentioned again, and uh, really not a whole lot to play for. 57 is the total. 57. I'd go under the 57. You know, I I think that it's it's a, that's a big number for two teams who usually score a lot of points. I think that the... 
initial thought when you think about Big 12 matchups like West Virginia, Oklahoma is yeah. points, points, points. I think we get the opposite this week. So I will lean under and uh, lean towards the Sooners minus 14. Okay, I like Which it. Which is weird because usually if you like the favorite minus 14, you also don't like the under, right? Because right. if there's going to be not a lot of points scored, it's, score it's harder yeah. for that team to pull away. But I could see OU winning something like, you know, 28 to 10 or 28-13, something like for that. For sure. I mean, and you look, I mean, Oklahoma's defense has been on fire the last few weeks. They could e- they could easily I could see them shutting West Virginia to single digit points in yeah. this game. And then if you're trying to get to 57, then that means, you know, they got to get 45 or more on a really tough West Virginia defense. Exactly. So, yeah, it's an interesting matchup, but the one thing that stuck out to me, both defenses. Okay, cool. Next up, Coastal Carolina at Troy, Sunbelt game. Coastal Carolina, 13-point road favorite. The Chanticleers, baby, they look awesome against BYU on short notice, especially on defense. I mean, how, how many teams have we seen Zach Wilson just tear apart uh, with his great arm and all the talent they have there? The pass defense uh, made Zach Wilson – you know, uh, look look a little pedestrian. It kind of killed his Heisman uh, momentum, as you said. It was the pass defense, and it was the. I love how that defense works together because they got yeah. a lot of pressure on him. So yep. it's not just the secondary; it was that whole defense working together, getting pressure on Wilson, and then the the back end doing their job too. Yeah, you're right. And and you look at this Troy team; they're a team that likes to throw the ball. They throw the ball 40 times a game. Uh, that's the only way that they can really score points. Uh, I just think this, you know, I think people might look at this game and think it's a letdown spot for Coastal Carolina, but I think Coastal is going to be able to run the ball easy, get an early lead. Um, they put pressure on the Trojans here, uh, Trojans in, in trouble early and, and put them in obvious passing situations. I just think this Coastal Carolina team is riding this huge wave of momentum. I don't see them slowing down anytime soon. They want to go undefeated. Uh, we, we At this point, we, we, you know, we're pretty confident they're going to win the Sun Belt. They they don't need this win. They're already in the championship game. But like I said, their their motivation is to stay undefeated, keep this dream season alive. And I love this this numbers under fourteen. So I'm going to lay the points here at Coastal minus thirteen. I hate this game. Oh really? <laughs> I hate this game everywhere I look at it because there's a couple things that are contradicting here in my mind. First of all, the market has been way off on Coastal Carolina. I mean, they were ten point underdogs last week yep. at home to BYU. That should have been a lot closer to a pick'em, and the game proved to be. I think what happens is teams like that who the market really when we talk about the market it's funny because the market is so sharp on teams like Alabama Clemson right who get a lot of money and who we know a lot about teams like Coastal Carolina a lot of these sports books started the season not knowing how good this team is not probably knowing anything about this team so it's funny they go undefeated now two months later and everyone's scrambling the market's scrambling to say well how good really are they last week was a perfect example 10 point underdogs at home to BYU should have been closer to a pick them so one thing you'll learn in sports betting is that markets don't overreact too fast. They're, if anything, they're very slow to react because they've been winning money for decades. They're not going to overreact like we may overreact. So they're just going to take a deep breath, adjust things one, maybe two points every week. And I think this line is just short because the market's been behind on Coastal Carolina. It should probably be closer to minus 17 or so. That's why I like them in this game. But having said all that, this is a classic letdown spot for Coastal Carolina. I mean, they just won what I think is their biggest game of the season. They scheduled it late. They've been the talk of every sports talk radio show today on Monday. We're talking about them. Everyone's excited about the Chanticleers. So the Chanticleers, Mm -hmm. the however the hell you say their names. Chanticleers. Chanticleers. I can't even say their mascot's name. But (laughs) 
it's human nature. You see this everywhere, not just college football, but everything in life. It's so hard to do so well. Everyone's patting you on the back, and then you show up to work the next day, and you work twice as hard. It's human nature to say, I've been doing well. I may take my foot off the gas. And everyone thinks that means that they're just not going to try this week. But it's just simply human nature. I don't care what you're talking about. It's easy to get complacent when everyone's patting you on the back, telling you how good you are. You just beat undefeated BYU. Now you're going to play the Troy Trojans. Right. I see this being a classic letdown spot that I honestly see teams fail over and over and over again in. So, contradicting information, I'm going to use my one pass of the week. Okay. Stay away from Exactly. Tyler. Complete stay away. I think that the market is short on Coastal Carolina, but also massive letdown spot for them. Not enough uh, Not enough trust in the Troy Trojans to make this a bet board game, nope, huh? not enough. <laughs> okay. Uh, Cincinnati at Tulsa. Right now, the Bearcats 12 and a half point road favorites. This game is a reschedule from a postponed game earlier this year. Tulsa ranked in the top 25. Um, should work out in Cincinnati's benefit uh, that this game was rescheduled. Otherwise, they wouldn't be playing this week. They'd just be waiting for the AAC championship game. I think it helps them if they have any shot at making the playoff to have this you know, a later game than the rest of the conference. Uh, I've been all over the Bearcats this year, and uh, if you've been betting them, it's been very profitable. they got a good record against the spread. They have one of the best, uh, you know, uh, margin of victory uh, uh, stat in the country. What am I trying to say here? Jeez. Yeah, margin against the margin. Spread. Yeah, uh, or and Andrews margin of victory. There, I think they're top five in margin of victory per game. Okay. Um, Tulsa's offense is not what wins them games. It's their defense. These are two teams that have really good defense, and Tulsa's defense is great. Cincinnati's is just even better. Uh, but they have a much better offense to go with it. Cincinnati's problem, you know, isn't. Uh, or excuse me, Cincinnati, they're probably not making the playoffs, but if they can get a couple blowout wins over Tulsa here, which is that that's the likely order for them is they win this game, then they get a rematch in the AAC championship game. That gives them an outside chance if some chaos happens. If something bad happens, let's say Texas A&M loses, something like that, it gives them a chance. I still think they're motivated here to win and win by a lot. Um, I just, you know, I think that there's a lot more on Cincinnati's side here. I don't have a lot of reason to have faith in Tulsa, and uh, I think Cincinnati wants the style points, and I like this number under 13, so I'm going to take Cincinnati minus 12.5. You're taking Cincy. Let's yes. see if I want to go and fade you here. No, I don't want to. I don't like Tulsa enough. I mean, their defense is tough. I just don't know where the points come from for them. You know, Cincinnati's been really just more physical than everyone else on defense. Hmm. So far, they've played. They've dominated everybody. Hmm. What's the spread? 12 and a half. Oh, God damn it. See, here on my sheet, it says 13 and a half. Uh, or no, it does say 12 and a half. Yeah. You want to negotiate? <laughs> you want to go mm. negotiate this lineup? You I, want 13 and a half is what you're I saying. I want 14. Yeah, no, I'm not going to I will take Tulsa. Half, I will take Tulsa if I can get plus 14. Then you ain't getting it. All right. Partner. I'm not going to give a point and a half. The one thing I go to is their common game between uh, Central Florida. You know, yeah. UCF took Cincinnati down to the wire. Uh, Tulsa beat UCF 34-26 yep. on the road, by the way. Um, I do lean Tulsa, actually, because like you mentioned, Will, both defenses are going to shine this game, and it's hard for any team to get margin when uh, you know, you're know you playing a good defense and your offense isn't necessarily what's gotten you to where you are in the season. But uh, 12.5, I can't do it. Yeah, so I mean, we bet numbers. We don't bet teams. Can't do 12 and I half. bet teams all the time, but that's because I'm a square <laughs> and he's the betting professional. But uh, look, I think part of the reason why Tulsa did well against UCF better than Cincinnati did is that UCF loves to pass the ball. 
Tulsa's strength on defense is their secondary. They have these big, strong corners. Um, and Cincinnati loves to run the ball. I think they'll be able to run the ball on Tulsa here. Uh, you know, you look at um, their quarterback. Um, Who's quarterback? Cincinnati's also. quarterback. Why am I blanking? Uh, uh, Ritter, Desmond Ritter. He's been really good this year in the run game, especially. Um, I just think we see more of what we uh, are used to with Cincinnati, and uh, I'm willing to lay that many points. So. No I bet mean, board yet. No bet board yet because I think they coming up next. I have a feeling we may get a bet board game, and I don't want to get too crazy with these because I want to save some of my better picks for the bet board. Okay, okay. And I don't love Tulsa, so I'm not going to make that a game. Fair enough. Uh, next up, SEC matchup here. We got Ole Miss going at Texas A&M. This game opened up Texas A&M a 14-point home favorite. They're, it's now up to 16. Look, we know what both these teams are. Uh, I don't expect an upset here. That being said... The only teams that we've seen score a lot of points on Texas A&M are Bama and Florida. Ole Miss, you know, look, Ole Miss is not Bama and Florida because their defense is like non-existent. It's it's one of the worst defenses in the country. But Ole Miss's offense is explosive, and they can do it through the air with Matt Corral and Elijah Moore, and they're balanced enough to run the ball run the ball when they have to. Um, We know Ole Miss is going to give up a ton here. Texas A&M is going to be able to do whatever they want, but I think the Rebels can keep it within 16 points here, you know, within two scores. Um, I like that, especially because Texas A&M, what, what Jimbo Fisher loves to do, he's kind of the antithesis of, of what college football is now, where teams want, they want to speed things up. They want as many possessions as possible. Jimbo Fisher still is a little old school with that. He wants to slow the game down, limit possessions, limit time of, of, uh, time of possession for the other team. And I actually think that works to Ole Miss's benefit here because I do think they'll be able to score enough and Texas A&M is not going to get the ball enough in order to go up by three scores. They got to win by 17 to cover the spread. So for that reason, um, all over the Rebels here, plus 16. Let's go Ole Miss. Damn it. I'm on Ole Miss too. Uh, I thought you would surely be on A&M. Nope. No, I like this game. I think Ole Miss has a chance to score a lot of points. And A&M, if you look at a lot of their games, it's funny. Teams like you kind of mentioned who have a propensity to air it out, who score points, they can score on, on A&M. And yep. for teams who don't, well, they're not very good against A&M. But I think Ole Miss has a chance to really move the football here. I think they have a chance to maybe beat them this game. Really? I mean, I would look sprinkle a little money on the, the money line here. But uh, Ole Miss, 10th in yards per play. Very, very good offense. Also, yep. I think A&M's defense is a little bit overrated. What a lot of people talk about when they see A&M's finals is, you know, last couple of weeks, they gave up 20 to Auburn, 7 to LSU, 3 to South Carolina. So these stats start to pile on one another, and it looks like A&M has a great, great defense, but they don't, and I think that's a little uh, overdone. So I will take Ole Miss plus 16. Uh, Tyler, so I just went to uh, to look at the total for this. 27 minutes ago, the game's been canceled. Oh, shut up. So we've been handicapping this game now for the last few minutes. We weren't uh, up to date on that. Damn um, it. I loved Ole Miss this week, plus 16. Uh, that is bullshit. Yeah. So actually, I mean, I guess there was a story yesterday. I don't know how I missed that. But uh, bummer. Well, we'll just count that as a win for both of us yeah. since we agreed Are it. Are we going to keep that in the podcast? or? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah we'll keep it. All Whatever. Right, cool. I mean, this is how fast things happen. This is the world of college football <laughs> we're in right now. Um, it sucks that none of us have won on our canceled games pick yet, but right. I think we're going to get lucky. Next up, the game, Michigan at Ohio State. Uh, this spread is huge. It's the biggest in this game's history since like the 70s, I believe. Ohio State is a 28-point home favorite, uh, high as 30 in some places. Look, I don't know what else to say. Ohio State is is a guaranteed winner here, and 
The question is, can they cover the spread? And I, I think they can. Uh, they covered huge. They ended up beating Michigan by twenty plus points the last couple years, and that was with Michigan teams that were pretty good. Michigan is having the, their worst year in a very long time. The secondary is horrible, horrible, horrible. Everyone has been able to throw it on them, and now you're going to face Justin Fields and all his all his great wide receivers. Um, I Ohio State could they honestly could score a hundred here if they really try, if they really want to. I believe they could do it. And they have the motivation. They're not going to let up. I mentioned it a few weeks ago. I've mentioned it on the podcast before. There was an off-season thing between Jim Harbaugh and Ryan Day where Jim Harbaugh called out Ryan Day, said he was cheating, and Ryan Day uh, reportedly responded with, you better hope the Big Ten has a mercy rule because we're going to put 100 on you. I mean, I really think that he wants to. And guess what? If, if news breaks tomorrow or this week that Michigan extends him, uh, Ryan Day is going to be the happiest dude in the world because he's been able to dominate Jim Harbaugh, and I think he's going to remind everybody. I just don't see any reason why you would pick. You know, Michigan's game was canceled last week against Maryland. They have players that are tested positive; they aren't going to be able to play, and we don't know who they are right now. They could be the quarterback. It could be you know three. It could be their three best players on defense and already bad defense. There's just no reason here to take Michigan. I know the line is huge and it's a rivalry game, and that disappoints me. Nothing would make me happier than to be wrong on this. I do have a sizable uh, bet on Ohio State here. I'd love to be wrong and have Michigan win this game. I just don't see how it's possible, and I think that 28 points is very doable for Ohio State here, so I'm going to take the Buckeyes. We got a bet board game. Oh, my goodness. We got a bet board game. I am taking Michigan plus 28 for no other reason than if they keep it within 28 points, I I want – I want uh, Will to feel a little bit of heat if Michigan keeps it within 28. I mean, so. the stupid thing is like during the heat of the game, you're right. I mean, if they're down 27, I'm not going to be like like rooting for Michigan <laughs> to come back. Um, <laughs> but if they can keep it close, that would be great. But um, I love this. I've been, I love wait- I've been waiting for an game. opportunity like this, yeah, to jump on Michigan when Will was going against them. So let's take uh, Michigan plus 28 again. I don't have a lot of numbers for this one. Not a lot of whole. Uh, it's just a big, a lot of it's a big spread for big a rivalry spread, game. Rivalry game. I want to see Will squirming over there a little bit during the game, and uh, I'll take uh, your boys, Michigan plus twenty-eight. I would say don't get too excited early because in the past few years, Harbaugh has been able to come up with a game plan to keep it close at halftime, and then Ohio State comes out in the third quarter and just destroys them. So, but I'm not sure they have the the horses to even keep it close in the first half this time. Michigan, 28 points. Let's go blue. Ohio State does have their they got like three or four starters on the offensive line that have to play because, uh, or excuse me, backups on the offensive line that have to play because their starters were COVID positive. But that didn't matter against Michigan State. You know, they still scored 55 points on them. Um, I just don't see where the points come from for Michigan here. But I love it. I love we got a bet board game here. Um, Go blue, you know. I'm do still you a Michigan that we have fan. A bet board game here. Uh, I do, honestly, okay, yes, okay. because I want to get in that win category, and I think Ohio State's going to wreck <laughs> them by forty. Uh, that's my honest opinion. All right, but uh, still go blue and fuck Ohio State. Um, next up, another rivalry game: Virginia at Virginia Tech. Um, right now, the Hokies are a one and a half point favorite, down from three. This is all about fading the Hokies. Justin Fuente maybe has lost the team. Uh, the defense disappeared entirely, and you look at Virginia, a team under Bronco Mendenhall that usually was really good defensively and not much offensively. They've been quietly one of the better ACC offenses the last few weeks, scoring a lot of points. Um, there's just nothing that makes me want to trust the Hokies here. Braxton Burmeister hasn't been good at quarterback. The run game has stalled the last couple weeks. 
you know, they they haven't been able to score a ton of points. I think Bronco Mendenhall is so much far better, uh, the the better coach here compared to Justin Fuente. I think he's way in over his head. The Cavaliers won this game for the first time in nine years last year. This is still a very heated rivalry. And if you're going to tell me that they're getting a point and a half and I think of the better team, I'm going to take that all day. So I'm going to take the Virginia Cavaliers here plus one and a half. Ooh, well, 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 well. You want to take the turkey birds, don't you? The I want to take my turk birds. I mean, you're getting value. It opened it opened three, and now they're down to one and a half. That's an extra point and a half for you. It is. And Give I me like... that turkey call, Walgie. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I go. <laughs> Much better than mine. All right. Um, right. Let's see here. Virginia's offense gaining five and a half yards per play. Virginia Tech's defense, 6.33 yards per play. <laughs> That's not, not great. Not fantastic. Not great for the Hokies. Virginia Tech, the, they're 9-1 and one against Virginia straight up the last 10 times they played. Yeah, and last year, so yeah, I In said Virginia, that last yeah, year was Virginia the first time Virginia won. won. Rivalry game Look, at the, If there is something you're trying to lean on for positive, it's that Virginia Tech's offense looked bad but that, the last two weeks, but that's because it was against Clemson and uh, what was the game they played before that? Um, two good defenses is what yeah. I'm trying to say, but uh, Virginia's defense hasn't been as good as usual. If you're trying to make this, trying to get a double bet board week, we haven't had one of those in a while, Tyler. No, Come on. No, we haven't. I, I can't do it, though. <sighs> I go Virginia. I mean, look, I hate fading early money, and a lot of the people who know college football very, very well, they've bet on uh, Virginia the moment this thing opened up. Like you said, what, opened up three, moved to one and a half. Yep. This line came out yesterday, a couple of days ago. We're recording Monday evening. I don't know. I can't, I can't trust a market move like that, and sometimes, even though I like a team, I've got to trust the consensus of people who bet a lot of money early on this thing. So for that reason, I'm stepping away, but ugh, I really want to take Tech this game. You are a turkey for not taking the Hokies, <laughs> Tyler. Uh, last but not least, we go to the Pac-12. We got USC at UCLA, another rivalry game here, the battle for Los Angeles. Trojans currently three-point road favorite. Uh, the Pac-12 has kind of been a nightmare for betting. Outside of you know picking CU every week, uh, I haven't done very well. It's been really hard to predict some of these teams. USC, they're lucky to be undefeated. Um, those first two weeks, they really they could have been 0 and 2. UCLA, they're 3 and 2 and kind of flying under the radar a little bit. They're in every game. They can't be counted out even when they're down late. Um, you look at USC's run defense. It's a weak point. They're giving up four and a half yards per carry. And UCLA, they're really good at running the ball. They're averaging 45 attempts per game. Uh, they're averaging 227 yards per game. They're running back, Demetric Felton. I think he has a big game for the Bruins. I think the betting public looks at these two teams and they see undefeated USC and they see a UCLA team that has been bad for many years now and they still haven't seen what they look like on the field this year. Um, I, for me, I'm, I'm going to fade USC and for once, I never put my faith in Chip Kelly, but I'm going to do it this week. I'm taking UCLA plus three. I think they might even win this game outright and help your buffs get to the Pac-12 championship game. We got a bet board game. I am going to take USC. I think that we have a big motivational edge here for USC. And yeah, UCLA has looked better and better this season, but USC has got a real chance to do some damage here. I mean, if they win this game and then win the next game in the Pac-12 championship, mm -hmm. there's a, there's a, slight, slight, slight chance they may make the college ball playoffs. I think that that's probably around 3% right now, and, and, and if you talk legitimate chance to make it, but that's not what they're saying in the locker room. And I always like to think, 
what are they saying in that locker room? Because that's what those guys are believing. And, and really, we are surrounded by news, news cycles, Twitter. A lot of these teams, it's very insular. They have you know things that become narratives within, the own, within their team. And I promise you, Clay Helton, the way he handles business there, the narrative at USC has been, guys, if we go undefeated, we'll make the Pac-12 championship, and at worst, we'll make a New, York, a New Year's Six Bowl. At best, we'll make the Final Four. So USC, I think, is, is the much better team here. Better coaching staff, believe it or not. I like Chip Kelly, but I think Clay Helton and his staff will be ready for this game. Three points to me seem short, so we'll take a USC minus three points to get the job done. Two bad four games. I love it. The last thing we got to do, we got to pick our cancellation game. Boys, my cancellation game this week is Fresno State versus New Mexico State. There's no logic or reason going into it all. I haven't hit one yet. That's going to be the one. I, I can feel it. Smitty? I, I, there's real, really no basis to this, but um, since they've only played one game this year, I'm going back to uh, Tempe, and those Sun Devils are going to be out again. Oh, brutal. Okay, right. I love it. And Tyler? Um, Who are they supposed to play? Who is Interstate supposed to play? Do we know? The Sun Devils? Oh, well, let me see. Doesn't matter. I just think they're going to be. They're, they're going to play Arizona. Oh, it's the Ari- Arizona teams. What would they call? What is that rivalry called? The battle uh, for the desert, probably. Yeah, something like that. Okay, all right. The I like it. Battle of a horrible place to live. <laughs> <laughs> battle of sunburns. I'm going to go. Uh, uh, Houston, Memphis. Houston, Memphis. Yes, I like it. Yes. Okay. All right. So one of these days we're going to hit this. We haven't yet. But uh, we're going to see. We're going to see. Hopefully not. Hopefully it's a good thing for all these teams that were. Yeah, hopefully we don't have to do this second. <laughs> I know. Anymore. I know. We don't actually wish that. But, uh, you know, next year this won't be a thing. Let's hope. So uh, two bad board games. I love it. Uh, that's it for the show this week, guys. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you're listening. Spotify, uh, iTunes, whatever. Make sure you're subscribing. Uh, tell your friends about it. Follow us on Twitter at CFB Weekly. For Tyler and Smitty, I'm Will Chambers, and we will see you guys next week.